ABCs, where we can discuss every Bare Naked Lady song. We will do it in alphabetical order. And my co-host did not run away this week and hide from this song. I do have other people with me tonight to discuss this week's song. Speaking of this week's song, we will be discussing the song I Can, I Will, and I Do. And we will listen to a snippet of that song in a minute. But first, I want to introduce the people that are with me here tonight. We have our usual co-host, Jeff and Aaron. Hello, Hello, everyone. Good to be here. And as a special guest tonight, we have the pop culture anthropologist. She is the moderator on the Stephen Page Discord, Allie McBride. Woo! Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Good to have you here. Yeah. Yeah, good to have you here. So, Allie, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's going way back to the heady days of middle school. Um... (laughs) And just one of those things that I kind of stumbled upon them um, online by accident. And I heard a song and said, oh, these are those guys. I, I had that single for the, the the rap song, which, you know, one week. And I had that and I had pinched me, but I never like put them together. And so then I kind of discovered all this and put it together. And it just from there, it was like instant, you know, match. Um, so I got into them right before Everything to Everyone was released. So my first show of theirs was on the E2E tour, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> probably one of the best shows I've ever seen between mm-hmm. the synchronized shopping carts and the, yeah, it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's basically, and then I've just have been pretty much a lifelong fan. Um, I will say I got out of them a bit after, you know, 2009, but you know, I've really enjoyed getting involved with the community again on uh, Steven's Discord and his live at home shows. So I'm super excited to be here. It's great to have you. I, I have a really tough question. You might not have an answer to this one. <laughs> what is your favorite album and song? <laughs> oh, God, that is a tough question. I knew that's what you were going to ask. <laughs> like picking kids, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um. Well, I have a soft spot for everything to everyone because it was my first new BNL release. Mm-hmm. And I also just, I think it's a fantastic album. Yeah. It's, and it's always a hard, oh gosh. Yeah, I'm going to go with everything to everyone. It's it's a hard call. I really, you know, obviously Gordon. <laughs> um, maybe you should drive some another favorite of mine. Woo-hoo. So. It can kind of depend on the day, but I'm going to stick with everything to everyone. Edges it out by a nose, I think. <laughs> My timeline is actually very similar, so I'm glad you said that, given your, you know, what you do and everything. But yeah, I, I got into them. Um, someone I was with at the time had a, a hockey game, an NHL hockey game, and it had a BNL song on it. And I got into them just before everything, everything to everything to everyone too. And my first live show was actually one of the peep shows that they did. Oh, nice. Um, with that. So, yeah. Yeah, my timeline was very similar. So that, that album is special to me, too. But, yeah. yeah. Um, mentioning Maybe You Should Drive was also big for me because that is my favorite piano album. Yeah, it's one of those more <laughs> underrated ones. A yeah. lot of people, you don't see it come up on, like, a lot of, like, top albums, like, right. their favorite album. But it's kind of like one of those things, the more I listen to it, I have to be in a specific mood to listen to it. But yeah. it's... 
you know, it's just very deep and introspective, mm-hmm. um, kind of just like a 360 from Gordon in a good way, in the way, you know, that we know now that they can go back right. and forth with. And they did, you know, so much on Gordon. I don't want to say they didn't. That's not what I meant. But um, yeah, just like You Will Be Waiting mm. is one of my favorites. Oh, on yeah. That album. Great song. Yep. Yeah. Well, why don't we start discussing tonight's song instead of waiting for it? Uh, <laughs> why don't we discuss I can, I will, I do, no and, and I'm going to let you hear a brief sniffing in case, you, in case you have not heard of this song before. Friend, this shouldn't be the way things end, but then a break is just around the bend. Can't you never see my face again? Well, I'm not sure it's the truth. You don't think I can love you? You don't think I can love you? You don't think I can love you? But I can, and I will, and I do. Now, some people will be asking me, I guarantee it, next week, why are we covering this song this week, given the fact that I can, I will. I comes before sing. Why are we covering this after I can sing? It's because of the commas. In my computer, spaces come before commas. So my computer rearranged this when I put them in there. So this is a Paige Robertson song. But Aaron, what album <laughs> was it on? Ooh. Okay, so this one is this has probably been the toughest one since we started doing this little shtick here. <laughs> At first, I was thinking maroon because this has got a really nice chill groove. It almost reminds me of like the Groove Armada. It's got a soul quality to it, and I was kind of thinking of Conventioneers, although that's more lounge. But it's got that very relaxed, laid back feel to it, and uh, Stephen Page's vocals are. I can kind of place it towards, I would say, the later, the second half, definitely, of his stint with the band. Um, so I'm not very confident in this, but I'm going to say it's either Maroon or it's one of the Bare Naked Ladies Are Me Men albums. All right. Well, this is actually a really complicated one, and I'm going to have to break <laughs> okay. it down. I have a full paragraph here, so you get to listen to me for like a minute <laughs> or and a half here. I feel Go like we it. can still count that for him, though. I think that we can actually count that. I, I think we can for count For two that. major reasons, actually. <laughs> so the song okay. was actually first came out on the iTunes original concert series because it hadn't yet been released in any other way. It was recorded after the day sessions were supposed to be finished for the Bare Naked Truth video. The band decided to set up for okay. the next day. And they started reworking the song and finished it early in the morning. This, The two tracks that were recorded for Disc One, the compilation record, the Hits record, were recorded in 2001, so just a little bit after Maroon. It was held off that album. So the songs that were omitted from the finished record were I Can, I Will, I Do, and I Don't Get It Anymore, which we'll be discussing next week. This song was held off that album, though, because it was supposed to be on the Shallow Hal soundtrack. But Shallow Hal soundtrack decided to cut it. They then re-recorded it for Everything to Everyone in 2003. It received four votes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it received four <laughs> votes for the, to be on that album. 
but it was still cut for that album for some reason. It was then re-recorded again for the Bare Naked Ladies Are Men album. In January in 2006, they did the, the iTunes original release, I think is their way of kind of bolstering the record because they knew they were in the middle of finishing this album up. And it included this song as the last song on that quote-unquote album, the iTunes release. They then released Blame, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me, in 2006, September, and Blamin in February 2007. The E2E recordings, however, of both this song and I Don't Get It Anymore were then later released on the Rarity album Stop Us If You've Heard This One Before in 2012. Whew! Wow. <laughs> this is the most complicated release sequence for any song I have found out there. Do you so need to lay down for a minute, or are you alright? Yeah. I'm a little bit dizzy from all that. Technically, I, I, I had a pretty good chance of landing on one of the albums there that it was associated with. <laughs> and you could have guessed any of them, and all of them would have been right. Because yeah. this, this was one of those ones that just kept rolling and holding off. Yeah. Um... I'll, I'll bring that back when we talk about the lyrics, <laughs> Well, why don't we get over to the music beforehand. Aaron, can mm. you break it down for us? All right, let's break it down. Break it down. I Can, I Will, I Do was recorded at approximately 76 beats per minute. It's in the key of D major. As I said, it's got this really nice, chill groove feel to it. Wouldn't be out of place with, you know, the Groove Armada or even like... Uh, Al Green or Marvin Gaye, you know what I mean? It's really interesting. Not the typical fare. I mean, obviously they, they have a pretty broad range of genres which they dabble in, which is one of the things I really like about the band. So it's cool to see them tackle something like this or hear them. <clears throat> uh, so for the verse, we start on D. Of course, we're in D major. B minor, F sharp minor, A, D, B minor, F sharp minor, A, D. B minor, A minor, E minor, E diminished, A diminished. So it's really interesting. You start out with basically like a one six three five one, um, but then during what I'm not sure if I would call the pre-chorus or just the second part of the verse, it seems like they actually change key, um, which I think would be B minor, um, and then you can hear what happens is they use that diminished chord as a as a kind of a connector between the two and then they end up landing on on that eight yeah sorry the a sharp diminished is when they go back to the uh the d major for the chorus but because you're landing on the g for the chorus even as in the key of d major uh you get that kind of uh, feeling of uh of descending down from the a sharp to the g so then for the chorus, you have G-A-G-A-G-A, ga-ga-ga, B minor, A-D. What's clever here is the use of, like I said, the the, the A-sharp diminished chord, because it somehow managed... I, wasn't, I didn't even like realize they were shifting key at first until I really went back and analyzed it, because it's very smooth the way they do it. It's not, um, that's something I've noticed that happens a lot, is they're very good at their transitions between keys and modes and things like that. Um, very, very smooth. Everything sounds copacetic. So the structure of the song is interesting. You have the intro, which is just vamping on D, the chord. Uh, and then the verse is your A section, your chorus is your B section, ga ga ga. That's, you don't think I can love you, but I can. Uh, verse 2A, chorus B. Then you have a bridge, which is almost more like 
it's almost you could think it was a third verse, but there's different chords here. So now we have G A D G A D, and then it shifts up to E minor seven to A, then to B minor, then to A to D, which wraps up like the standard chorus. Uh, then you have instrumental over A changes, back to uh, D for the chorus, for the verse four, I should say. Then there's like a bridge chorus. <laughs> Again, you have different. Uh, different chords here. You have D to C, D to G, D to A sharp, uh, instead of the uh, ga ga ga, which gives us this nice feeling of a shift into the final chorus. Uh, so it's A B A B C A A B. I guess would technically be uh, what we're looking at. Uh, interesting lyrical content. Obviously, a page tune <laughs> is what, what I wrote. <laughs> I want to point out the instruments that are in this yeah i love the electric piano Mm -hmm. so it's a percussion drums electric bass electric guitar and on the album it is listed as a wurlitzer piano wurlitzer yeah i don't think it's a wurlitzer piano though i think they labeled that wrong it's a it sounds like a wurlitzer organ which is a very it's a similar company but a different instrument the pianos i i went online i listened to the piano i listened to the organ piano sounds extremely different it sounds like a piano this sounds more like an organ and, and it sounds like the specifically the wurlitzer organ so my guess is that's what they were using and and i will be posting in the liner notes for this episode a video that's interesting that shows how the wurlitzer organ works because it's actually a really cool instrument uh, for people who have never seen a Wurlitzer organ. Uh, it's very complicated and very intricate, and you can create like a million and one different sounds off this thing. Yeah, originally when I was listening to this again, I had written down Hammond, but uh, that makes a lot more sense that it's it's definitely uh, more of a, a Wurlitzer sound. What's interesting is they may have actually had both because I can remember some kind of sharp staccato, almost Rhodesy sounding electric piano sounds in addition to that organ. So they may have actually had the world sort of piano and organ or some kind of uh, electric piano to augment that. Yeah. Maybe. But we've been leaving Allie out. Allie, tell us what your thoughts are on the music piece of the song. Well, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge uh, musical person in the sense I'm out of my element right now. <laughs> but yeah, I actually, I am familiar with world organs and I think that's a pretty good guess. And you know, it just kind of has that light, airy, smooth jazz. It could, it could really be next to conventioneers. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It does, it does have that conventioneers type feel to it. Yeah, that's what got my attention right away because I, I, I don't know if I, did I give a conventioneers five stars? I definitely rated it. Yeah, you high. gave it five stars. I, I was the only one that did not give conventioneers five stars, and that will be, that will be looked at further <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm sure Michelle will be glad to hear that. And I am too, definitely. <laughs> I haven't ranked it yet, but I would I would give Conventioneers five oh, stars. Okay. It's pretty yeah, pretty great. It's a pretty great. All song. right, I gotta go back in and put Jeff's score. <laughs> I really I really like Conventioneers. <laughs> I guess one thing I would say musically is just his his vocal range and the way he chooses oh, to yeah. sing this song. Yeah, He's so emotive. Yeah. With that kind of very breathy, raspy, a little uncharacteristic for him to do it throughout the entire song, which is one of the things I really like about this. Hmm. Interesting. Tell me more about that. So, you know, comparing the three versions, and stop me if I'm getting ahead of us here, but definitely the army is, a, it has that kind of breathy quality, mm-hmm. the slight raspiness, but it's more polished. 
I think probably the original version recorded, the Stop Us If You Heard Us Before, the one they ended up putting on there, would, that probably has like the roughest sounding vocals. There's a few parts that actually sounds like he's almost straining his vocals, which again, I think adds to kind of the charm of the song. But probably my favorite one of the three would probably be the iTunes version. Um, It kind of has a good mix between the two. But yeah, that's one thing I noticed is definitely, you know, kind of his vocal styling he used. Yeah, it's very different. It's not typical Steven. We know Steven can hit those high notes and usually he powers those high notes. Here he's really, like you had said, kind of taking it very soft with those high notes. Yeah. Very wispy. Yeah, no, and I think that actually adds to the emotional component of the song. Um, And I was trying to think earlier if there was another song that he did that you know, for the entirety of the song, and I can't think of anything. I can't think of any. I don't know about you, Jeff. I know you're you're just as familiar with the BNL uh, catalog as I am. I can't think of any any not, songs. Not that for Steven an does not this. for an entire song. Like there are definitely breaks in uh, "Break Your Heart" when he's mm-hmm. just really going for it, which you know adds to the emotional level of that song. But it's more subdued and more you know musical early on. So for an entire song, no, I don't think in the entire catalog he pulls off this level of where it's you know clearly meant to be the the entirety. And I've never heard him do it this way, this this wispiness, this yeah. this softness with that high voice. It's a very different sound for Steve. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really like Stephen singing during the verses. Like he really is he he's doing an amazing job during those verses. Mm-hmm. He really sets up for that chorus. And there again, we're talking about the music here. Uh, we haven't gotten to the lyrics yet, but, you know, one thing I'm noticing is we're going through these songs and, you know, I guess I've always kind of heard it uh, through what I've listened to, but especially in the Steven uh, era, um, a lot of breakup songs, like a lot of really good breakup <laughs> songs. Yep. Interesting. And, yeah. And here again, I, I think we have another one. And I think I really love musicians, you know, like Leonard Cohen, Jeff Buckley, people that uh, sing with the emotion of the song. I I don't like, Hmm. every once in a while it's okay, but I don't like really polished songs. For me, when I listen to a singer and they're singing about something that's obviously uh, a rough thing to sing about, you know, I like it when there's emotion to it, when, when, you know, even the breaks happened. Um, I know this is not the best example, but I think it was Charlie Puth did that song Attention recently. And there's a, a, a moment in there where it almost sounds like he's in tears, you know, and I, I like that. And that's not great to compare Bare Naked Ladies to Char- Charlie Puth necessarily. But that said, that's that's what I like about this. And I think in this song, it works because it really fits. And we'll get to the lyrics. And, you know, I'm, I love talking about lyrics, but um, I think the breathiness and the anguish in the song just really sells it for me. Yeah, it's different. It's not typical Stephen Page operatic, um, powerful singing, but... I like what he does with the vocals on this one a lot. And I'm glad he did it for the entire song, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think... Okay, so are we going to get into the lyrics? Because this is a really good transition, I think, for that. Because... (laughs) No one has anything extra ad music. Well, yeah, let's go to lyrics. I was about to say, uh, (laughs) it's interesting to hear you guys talk. I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. But to hear you guys talk about how he's not really, like, reaching forward or straining... I wonder if that was intentional because this song is sort of about the passion not being there, uh, but you want to represent like it is, or you know you're just kind of going through the motions. <laughs> so I wonder how much of that was actually programmatic in nature. It definitely could That's be, and I, and I think 
because Stephen's doing something very different with his voice, I think we have to assume that he's doing something very intentional mm -hmm. with his voice for this song. You know what's okay? So talking about the differences between the versions of the the songs we've covered with multiple versions, this one I think was the most similar between them so far. It's mostly a difference in mixing. Um, mm -hmm. It's really cool. This is a great example. If I were if I were teaching a class on audio engineering, this is a great example that I would use to show what a difference it can make, compression and equalization and things like that, because the official release is way loud. It's like part of the loudness wars, you know, we, we, where everyone <laughs> compresses the heck out of everything. So I, I noticed that right away, like, whoa, it's it's way loud. And then I forget which is what I think the demo, I think of the demo, the, the vocals are buried pretty low and they're not, they're not as uh, discernible. And then I think in the iTunes release, the vocals are up, but it's not quite as loud as in the, the official release. So it was just interesting for me to hear that. I mean, it comes in the same way. You get that beautiful uh, world, sir. And it uh, just kind of sets this really interesting scene. But then the, the song can kind of change subtly based on, you know, how present the vocals are up front in the mix. So they buried a little more. Uh, it was interesting. I think I like the official version the most, but I like the iTunes one as well. And it's interesting because I didn't notice any of those differences when I listened to it. Like my ear isn't trained enough to pick up on all of that. And so it's really cool that a trained ear can pick up on all those different little idiosyncrasies mm -hmm. between those song diff those those different versions hours of frustration I mean, in front of pro tools tracy that's what, <laughs> that's what it got me i think the only thing i noticed between differences uh between the versions i mean was that in the blamin version um it got rid of the high notes that they're that kevin's yep. playing during the bridge yep, that's true so we have his low notes still in there but it I, even when I had listened to Blammin first, which I did, because I always like to listen to the original before I listen to versions, I felt there was something missing out of the instrumental bridge. Not so much the, the singing bridge, but the instrumental bridge. That's I would say, what, four bars, eight bars? Yeah. Just a very short instrumental bridge there. But I didn't know what was missing. And then I listened to the Stop Us, if you've heard this one before version, the the one that they recorded first for E2E. Hey. And I noticed those notes were missing. I'm like, Wait a yeah. minute, that mm -hmm. that's what needs to be in there. Is that just that little bit? The yeah, little embellishments. This is I, this is also a really good um, example to my mind of somebody once asked me how I know like when a song is finished, and I thought about it for like a, a few seconds. I really thought, and I was I, my eventual answer was they're never finished. <laughs> 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 you know, you just kind of say this is good enough to release. And then if you're working on a recording later, you George Lucas it up and you add the CG uh, <laughs> womp rats and stuff. It, it's a disease, you know. It's like uh, I think a lot of musicians are very, uh, you know, they're their own worst critics. So, uh, you know, I know if anyone works with me, haven't helped them in the, in the, in the audio uh, recording studio, I always want to dump a whole bunch of reverb on my vocals because I hate the way my voice sounds. 
I know that's probably surprising <laughs> to you guys. It seems like I love to hear myself talk, right? But no, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's just kind of cool to, to see those, to hear those differences. And, and like you say, Tracy, you can kind of almost under, like hear the mindset of the band each time they took another look at it or listened to it and said, okay, well, let's tweak this. Let's, let's add this here. Let's embellish on that. Uh, it's interesting because they're all, they're all solid. And it's a good song, I think, regardless of the form that it takes. But uh, it is interesting to hear the differences, and and with not that much really changing throughout the the three different mixes, hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder what their thoughts were about the reason that they took that out. Like normally, you would think they'd be adding little things in. Mm. This is one of those situations where they're like, no, because that was the first version, the one they later released. That's the one where they had those deep notes in there, the lower notes in. And then they took them out. I was and I was like, "Wow, what? I wonder what prompted that. Like, what what made them think of doing that?" When I was listening to the uh, the stop it if you've heard this before version, I actually wrote down something. I think it was like along the lines of "Where is Jim?" Because I didn't feel like in that version that there was definitely a definitive lack of bass or definitely a low end to that version. I thought, um, which in the iTunes and the uh, and the Armen, I think you get a little more of that. But um, yeah, that was a weird call. I think. Yeah, the the iTunes version to me definitely you can hear the bass more. Oh yeah, and yeah, I agree. you can. Yeah. There's after the the interlude with the Wurlitzer, uh, when he comes back and says, "Hey, the symbol crash is basically on mm. the hey. hey," and it it kind of eclipses that, which gives a, a neat sound. But then I noticed they toned it down on the other versions to not drown him out. Hmm, that makes yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's what they did with Jim as well in order to make it more light, more... I mean, because Steven's voice is very light in this song, right. so I wonder if they they really softened Jim's playing in order to to accentuate Steven's lightness with his voice. The stylistic choice of his voice, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the lyrics, though. We haven't yeah. really <laughs> have, we haven't got into the what this song's about. about? So, I mean... At first, I was like, oh, this song is about unrequited love, about a, a, about a guy who, with this person that doesn't love him. I'm like, wait, no, that's not right. Like, this, the, the lyrics, guilt still makes me refrain, doesn't work into that. And, and she's continuing to send him letters that he's not reading. And the relationship is ending for some reason that he doesn't like. But he's doing it because he's sure that the relationship's going to end soon anyways. So I want to hear from you guys what you, like, my my question mark was, is this a guy with commitment issues? Like, what is, what is this song about? So the first thing that I think of is that this is the classic Stephen Page song where you first hear it and you're like, that's so lovely. It's a love song. And then you listen to it and listen to the lyrics and you're like, nope, wait, hold on. Nope. I was wrong. <laughs> Um, you know, because when you... It's a Stephen Page love song. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But yeah, because, you know, if good intentions were a road uh, to get me through, I've had a six-lane highway. Like, mm-hmm. there's some really poignant lines about mm-hmm. his devotion and, mm-hmm. you know, what he wants, you know, what he wants to do. But then there's, like, the line still, guilt makes me refrain, which reminds me of break your heart. You know, going back to the whole, he's guilty for not wanting to break this girl's heart. Um, and then when he does, she's 
you know, why did you feel sorry for me? <laughs> so it's kind of like another angle of that song if he didn't break up with her and he stayed with her. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. I really am. Well, so when I heard the lyrics, obviously the first thing that you, you hear, I think of a flawed and or unreliable narrator. The lyrics... Mm-hmm. somewhat contradict themselves he continues to profess his love but the things that he says makes it clear he's not really been attentive and loving and what i love <laughs> is the chorus i can i will i do sounds like he's correcting himself right like he's uh-huh. like she's like do you even love me could you love me he's like oh i'm i'm capable of loving you no 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 i, I will i will love you no wait no no i do love you i do that's <laughs> It sounds to me, and then who is, is he trying to convince the other person? Maybe himself as well. Um, you know, so it seemed to me like a flawed relationship song, and I would assume he's singing to a woman or, or a romantic love interest, whoever that may be. Uh, however, he does start off by addressing that other person as friend. Whether this... Whether, First now, word of the now, song. Yes. Already in whether, the friend zone, yeah. Whether, whether this is to imply that he does not, in fact, love that other person or loves them only as a friend... Or that it's actually a friendship being discussed here rather than a romantic relationship. I couldn't say 100% because we have talked about how sometimes... It's, uh, apparently this was written way earlier than I thought it was because it got bounced around through a lot of albums. But I had thought if it was towards the end, then maybe there was... I knew that things had been... The tensions had been rising in the band for a while prior to Paige's departure. So I was wondering if it was maybe him kind of... Uh, contemplating his what he felt was his imminent uh, departure but given what i learned about the history of this song maybe it's the narrator's feelings towards the song itself <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a that's a really valid point could be about i mean there was you know andy leaving in the early days and you know i think a lot of that um like i know when uh, steve wrote it's all been done before you know, he was he was basically asking the question like, well, what if I've already sang everything I can sing? So I think yeah. it definitely could be from there. I was just I was going to point out the friend thing because it really seems like a romantic interest, but then friend, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I feel it really could go either way. I think. Well, he's breaking it off right off the first line of the song. He's breaking off this relationship of whatever level it is. He's breaking it off. This shouldn't be the way things end, but a breaks around the band, so I'm, we're, we're ending it. Yeah. It, and he's making it very definitive. He's the one leaving. When you tell me as I leave that you're scared you'll never see my face again. So he's he's stepping out. The other person still wants him in their life, but we don't, <laughs> we don't get a lot of insight into like what's the cause of this break. Other than just he thinks that it's going to end anyway, so he might as well pull the pull the trigger himself. Well, I also think from what I've heard from Stevens, some of his other work, we talked about this before, I think, because there's definitely been at least one other song with this sort of feel going on, where it is very possible in a relationship where one person cares a lot more than the other. That happens a mm-hmm. lot, unfortunately. One, that, one of the yeah. beautiful things is when you find someone who you seem to both just completely be totally 100% into each other but a lot of the time you're like I really like this person but they're really really into me or I'm really really into this person but they just kind of like me um, mm-hmm. so this is probably kind of one of those 
wanderlust malaise songs that uh that i associate with with steven that's why my notes say obviously a page song <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't really write these kind of songs it also really fits in with kind of the overall theme of his work which is that like the fear of rejection the you know i don't believe you if you say i'm good enough and like you know Almost on if jumping way ahead to his solo work, like the song Surprise, Surprise, like I knew what was wrong with me long before you did, you know, kind of reminds me along those lines or even never do anything like it's or indecision for another solo song. It's really it's a lot of that. I'm going to someday do this. I you don't believe me, but I I do love you, but I also don't want to deal with it and I'd rather run away. (laughs) Yeah, you can't quite commit to that idea. Yeah. I'm probably going to overanalyze this song. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> if if like we have, if it. that doesn't come off as a shock to anyone, actually, the the first time, and I, and I and I like uh, a lot of the interpretations. I, I would say the first time I listened to this, um, and I'm not going to throw down what would essentially be the man whore reference that we did with humor of the situation. <laughs> Originally, when I when I first heard the song, I thought it was a, a breakup song sung by the perspective of uh, a man who has done something wrong and is leaving because of that. I kind of changed my tune as I listened to it, and that friend line kind of stuck in my mind. And it was it was it's kind of funny that Ali mentioned the whole Andy thing. I I kind of feel like this is an, this is an Ed Steve song in a way. And of course, the last album after this was Snack Time, and then Steve was gone. And I and I kind of hear that. And another thing that I hear in this song, and I know I'm going way overboard. I'm probably wrong. And Allie, if you ever talk to Steve, and you know, let him, if he wants to let me know, I'm way off on this. <laughs> um, as someone myself that has, I don't put this out very often for people, but as someone myself who has struggled with addiction problems, um, who has struggled with uh, overuse of substances, and been in relationships. This song feels that way, though, because someone that's mm. living that life that is in a relationship can very much love somebody, can mm-hmm. can go the distance. But there's that feeling that I can't stay, whether it's because you don't want me to or because, you know, obviously I'm someone's life is getting ruined here, if not both of ours. I got to go. You know, a break is just around the bend, bend, bender kind mm-hmm. of thing. I skim the letters just to be polite because he's not quite there kind of thing and good intentions. I mean, anyone who's had an addiction problem. It's always, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better, I'm going to do the right thing, but not yet. So there's that part of me that kind of feels it feels that way, too. And I'm not saying that's what Steve is saying here, because I know he's he has struggled, too. And I don't want to put all that out there, um, speak for someone else. But I know for me, I've been in relationships where I've struggled with addiction problems. And even after the, the separation, while I'm still dealing with my own stuff, I can honestly say to someone, I, I can love you, I will love you, I do love you. But obviously, until this is <laughs> this is figured out, I can't work. Um, but that's that to me is what I kind of feel too. Is it's that someone that that is in love with somebody that's going through a lot of the stuff themselves, and that's what I'm hearing. That's why I think I really do like a lot of the song and the way it's sung and the, the brokenness of it, because uh, to me, it's sung by a broken person. And um, and of course, we all interpret songs in the way that that speaks to us personally because of our own experiences, but. You know that's that's where I come from with it. That's the the where I go with this. And for me, it, there there definitely could be a, a Steve Ed thing here. I don't know the timeline, um, no so much as Tracy might. But at the point the song was recorded, did Steve know that he was on the way out? You know, I don't know. Um, but um, you know, 
you know, I feel like there's there's a, a friendship breaking at that point, and uh, that's that's uh, that's kind of what I'm hearing on this one. Actually, it's a really interesting. I was reading the lyrics as you said that, and and with that lens, the song actually can fit that pretty well. Um, and, and it actually makes some really interesting interpretations of some of the lines as you go through it. So um, I recommend anyone to go out and actually listen to the song again through that interpretation and see what they think, because I, I like that, actually. <laughs> Boy, did I just kill the mood on that one? I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. I, there's no way we're going to top that. <laughs> It's yeah, I mean that was so well out, well thought out and well put together. I'm not really sure what to say. <laughs> Would it help if I just threw um, down a dirty joke right now and just broke the mood? Because I yes, just... that's, you gotta break the mood. Yeah, you, gotta... <laughs> you you elf philosophized us on the song and now we're like just in awe. We're like Bill and Ted listening to Socrates. <laughs> Whoa. Dude. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Party on. Um, to, to sound sort of like uh, to sound like sort of like Ted, I like the scatting at the end of this song. I do like, I like I, the scatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to end it too. Yeah. Um, it's not something that Stephen does often, but I like it when he throws that in there, and it just kind of it kind of fits the music and it fits the mood. So I kind of oh, like he did that. some on Humongous Tree too, if I remember that, which is uh, really cool there yeah. too. But yeah, that's yeah, I like I like it when Steve uh, Steve has such a um, a dynamic and eclectic voice. Um, there's really nothing he can't do with it. So I like it when he bridges out and tries some different things. Yeah. And and it's funny you brought up Humongous Tree because yeah, that's, this song actually has a kind of similar feel to it. Well, and lyrically, I, and I had forgotten to say this because I was getting all deep and profound and stuff. One thing that kind of would have put this in the maroon thing too, and I agree with Aaron is is um, and we haven't really talked about this too much, and we won't until probably three years from now. But uh, one of my favorite <laughs> B and L songs is Off Maroon, and that's that's Off the mm-hmm. Hook, and that. To me, one year, one year. You think one year for off the hook? Um, so I won't, I won't give away my five star ranking for that song uh, yet. But uh, lyrically, I that is one of my favorite B and L songs, and the puns and the twist on it. Again, a breakup song um, by someone who's you know making some choices, and uh, you know I can kind of see that here with some of the lyrics too. Just some of the lyric plays um, with the but um, but uh, then a break is just around the bend and. Um, um, I, I love the line. All right, I skim them just to be polite. Like he's almost correcting. I love conversational songs where you know I get your letters and I read them. All right, I skim them just to be polite. <laughs> that that to me, the, the lyrics of this feel very much like a maroon song to me too. So that's why I could see this being on that that album too. So it doesn't surprise me that it was in that time period. One thing I was sorry, about Alex. Was, <laughs> no, hey, it's it's okay. Cut me off whenever. I could talk for hours. Um, <laughs> One one thing that actually kind of occurred to me as I'm just kind of like reading back through the lyrics, and, um, you know, we mentioned Andy, is that a couple, I think it was maybe Live at Home 5, the Steve show that he did a few weeks back, he played Running Out of Ink, and he was talking about how the whole um, stopping, uh, you know, stopping to see a friend with the tape and then that actually happened when they did the maybe you should drive demos and that came out on blam um but so that's kind of from that time period and it just kind of made me think 
I wonder if he mined that time period for anything else, even though obviously Blam was later. You know, it it could have been kind of the beginning of that. Um, you know, where they, you know, Andy went to Uruguay and he kind of got semi-replaced. You know, obviously there wasn't, you know, Facebook and internet. So, you know, maybe writing letters, you know, they feel bad about, you know, him and Ed feel bad about replacing him or bringing in, you know, someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, and he has the best intentions and I, I mean, it doesn't all fit there, but you know, it's just kind of an interesting thought I had just while rereading it. Yeah. Actually reading that with that lens actually is kind of cool <laughs> yeah, too. That makes sense. All right, Aaron, you inter- introduced a new section a couple weeks ago. Trouble with Tracy. <laughs> Trouble, Trouble with, with Tracy. Tracy. All right. Trouble with Tracy. like a tv show the trouble with Dre- yeah i don't know something <laughs> there actually was a tv show <laughs> but it had nothing to do with this song but it was a, a big canadian tv show called the trouble with tracy wow. okay All right, then. um so the trouble with tracy on this song is i'm i'm gonna show my cards early there's a lot i i don't like how soft jim is in the song almost non-existent I really I like Jim. I think he's he's a skeleton. Even Steven has said he is the skeleton of the band. He is the heart of the band. He's the one that really kind of holds the the band together and when it comes to the songs. You know, he's not there in the song and I and I really miss him and and I want him in there more. I'm I'm also not, I love the world is her piano. I don't like it in this song. Really? Or the world is her organ. Yeah, I just mm. I think I wish and and in the the more times I listened to it, 20 times this week. So my feelings got really intense by the end. <laughs> I wish this was a piano. I wish it was a upright bass. And that during that synth, during the bridge, that it was Jim Bowing the bass instead. I just, I wish this was more, I'd like to hear a acoustic version of this song. I think I might like it more. But the real trouble with Tracy on this song for me because I'm Tracy, is the chorus. But I can, and I will, and I do. This is, to me, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory of B&L songs. You're going to have where... to elaborate on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so sorry. Johnny, <laughs> in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Johnny Depp made a really, really strong decision. Should we warn the listeners that you're about to take us down a really scary rabbit hole? <laughs> there might be not any coming back from this (laughs) johnny depp made a really strong decision on that and i I honor that strong decision however i felt it was the wrong strong decision in that movie and he came across as creepy and unlikable and it's not a movie i'll ever show the kids because it would freak them out (laughs) um and it was supposed to be a kid's movie i know it's closer to the book but it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me, whereas Gene Wilder always felt right to me as that. The same for this is true in this song. Steven's making a really strong choice there with his voice. He's showing us something he's never done with his voice in any other song. He does it for the entire song. It's a strong choice. I think it fits the song. I just don't like the sound of it. The whole time it was like nails across the chalkboard for me. 
And by the 20th time, I was ready to just rip my ears off. <laughs> so that's that's the trouble with Tracy on this song. So you can decide, is that the trouble with the song or is that the trouble with me? Wow. Well, strong opinions there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think the next the next person to respond should be Allie on that. I'd like to give her feedback yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fair. Um, so that's actually the way the vocal style, how he sings it, is probably my favorite thing about the song. I like the vocal. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I don't find it nails across the chalkboard. I actually really like it because it seems like it makes it into a very delicate feel feeling song. And it's it's really different, and with kind of those lyrics that are those kind of ambiguous, but only Stephen Page, you know, a love song only how he can you know do it. Um, <laughs> that's really I'm not gonna say it's trouble with you, <laughs> but it's okay. You I'll can. just it's leave okay. that out there as an open question. You're on notice. <laughs> You're on notice, Tracy. <laughs> but that's just my, my opinion. That's one of the things I can see. It's really distinctive. I can see if you're not into that, how that would become really grating really quick, though. We should have had her here for the House of Level episode. <laughs> <laughs> the whole five seconds. <laughs> that expanded to an that was hour. Our long episode. <laughs> our longest episode. That would have been a great on... April Fool's episode, actually. <laughs> it was lined up for April Fool's, and then we had interviews uh, that knocked it off. Gotcha. Right, I was like, right. oh, that was too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long... Including Andy. We actually interviewed Andy in there. Was... <laughs> yeah. I heard... I, I'm not going to complain. I'll take the interviews. <laughs> All right, so so this may, in fact, be the trouble with Tracy this week. Um, <laughs> but let's see what you guys think. Let's put some numbers to this. I'm going to ask a favor, Jeff. Okay. Long when we first started this, Michelle was the person that came up with our ranking system. Oh, dear. <laughs> and so I'm going to ask a favor. Will you do me the favor of coming up with a ranking each week? Okay, I can do that. I can do. I can, can do, do that. that. I can right. do that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hand it over to you. What are we ranking this song? I think it's going to be one to five Whirlitzers. Okay, I thought you were gonna say zero to five. I thought you were gonna say zero Wonka to- bars. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I, I, you're right. You're right. Zero to five. <laughs> zero to five Wonka bars. Yeah. <laughs> no. I- <laughs> And by the way, Tracy, I was going to say, if you really don't want to show your kids the Johnny Depp version of the movie and you want a different Tim Burton Johnny Depp movie for the kids, I would suggest Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, totally. Yeah, that's not going to give we'll, them we'll nightmares. Very kid-friendly yeah. movie. Really. Yeah. Especially yes. right before good, bed. Good. <laughs> yeah, right before good life lessons it's got, there. Yeah. And <laughs> it's got Sasha Baron Cohen in it. He's funny, right? Yeah, right. A no, couple no. chuckles, a couple laughs. Um, but, you know, I was going to go with uh, zero to five Whirlitzers. I didn't even think, you know, zero, because I thought, you know, zero to five in my mind, we always reserve for, you know, the house levels. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yes, yeah, zero to five Whirlitzers for this song. All right. Who wants to start us off this week, then, as I type this yeah, in? Just volunteer. You always pick people. Yeah, why don't you go first? Yeah, chaos just, chaos <laughs> ensues when you just tell us to jump in there. 
<laughs> All right. So so since yeah, Aaron, since I since I'm not picking the the measurement standards, the units anymore, I'll, I'll go first. Sure, a little uh, weight off my shoulders there. Um, but unfortunately, as I mean, you probably already guessed it. I'm gonna be the hater of the week this week. Drinking like the haterade. Oh. I hate it now. Hate it and then. I am totally drinking the haterade. Steve week. will never come this back on the you... show, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the only one. I mean, it only got four votes for the for E2E. So that means one yeah. of the guys voted no. I really right. want to know who. And it still didn't make Wh- it. Which so... guy voted no? Do we know? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I wish I could say it. I could say I agree with that. <laughs> um, probably, <laughs> probably Jim, actually. <laughs> There's not enough of me in the song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I want changes to the song, as we said. um, And that means I don't like it. Honestly, I like pieces of it. I like the smooth jazz of it. But there's a lot I don't like. And it's almost heretical for me to be saying this. I don't like the Steven vocal in this song. (laughs) Oh, it feels bad to say that. You guys know how much I love Steven and his voice. It, is, it, it feels wrong to say this. I, I feel unclean. I need to go take a shower after this This race. Yes, in Tracy's um, defense, he's like attended every single one of Steve's home oh, concerts. Yeah. Like huge, that. huge fan. <laughs> yes. that's, not, that's not a question. Yeah. You're, you're, well, I love your bona fides well, are intact, let, sir. Let me ask yeah. you this then, Tracy. What did you think of I Can, oh. I Will, I Do when he performed it on the piano? Mm. Oh, I was going to ask, did he do one? He's done it once. I He's done it once. He did it the same way that he did this. I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) At least you're consistent. It was the moment that I was like, "Eh, yeah, yeah, I just, I just didn't like it. It, it, And it's, I love his verse, his voice during the verses. It's that chorus that is just not right for me for some reason. I can't, I tried so hard this week to put something to it. It's just sometimes you're you're you don't like something, and Ed doesn't like salmon. Well, there we go. This is the the I don't like salmon type of moment uh, for some weird. Oddly reason. enough, while Stephen um, was performing this song during his stay at home concert, uh, Tracy actually commented in the comments, "Can you please do this a different way?" And the moderator <laughs> deleted that. <laughs> deleted. You just kicked me out. <laughs> How, How dare, dare you? you? I, I have a few notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I mean, I would give this song a good rating. I could, but I won't, and I don't. <laughs> so, I'm going to give this a 2.65. Wow. Oh, okay. 2.65 Warlitzers. Warlitzer organs or pianos? We'll, oh. we'll leave that. It's a uh, Schrod- We'll just go Wurlitzer. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's Wurlitzer. All right, that's right. It's my call, isn't Schro- it? Oh, this power Schro- I have all of a sudden. It's Schro- <laughs> Jeez. Schrodinger's Whirling- Wurlitzer. <laughs> it's both at a piano and an organ. <laughs> who, who you can you pick yourself. Right next. <laughs> I give myself one point five Wurlitzers. <laughs> Um, no, I'm 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 gonna say let's let's uh, let's have Ali go next with Ooh. her ranking. Okay, oh, I sorry. 
<laughs> I am going to give it four Wurlitzers. Four Nice. Uh, Aaron. Tracy, while I will agree unequivocally that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder is far, far superior to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, but I disagree that this song in some way correlates to the disparity in quality of those two films. Uh, I really like this song. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting ever since he made that analogy. Nope, 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 nope. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I liked it a lot. I, uh, I liked the feel of it. Like I said, it's pretty kind of chill. Uh, I could see myself, this would be a good driving song, I think. I, I don't know if I love it. I really like it. I'm in lockstep, I think, uh, with Allie. I was going to give it a 4.1 Wurlitzers. Um, I think this is one of those songs where I, I had to do the middle ground on the vocals, I think a little bit. Mm. If I were to have listened to the, um, Stop It If You've Heard This One Before, I would semi-agree with Tracy on the vocals, because there I thought um, the effect didn't quite sell it as much. Yeah. Um, it was just too different from a Stephen vocal. Um, like I said, I do love organic lyrics. I love emotional lyrics. But some of the intonations of it did kind of jar a little bit. That said, the Armen version, I think, does sound better. The iTunes version does sound better. I like the way he vocally does it. Is it my favorite steven style no i would put that at, at break your heart you know off the hook mm -hmm. songs like that where he does a very similar type of song very very similar um character and i think i think he does it better on those songs i do like the lyrics and the more i was kind of thinking about this from like i said my experiences the way i'm interpreting this i i do like the lyrics of the song a lot um and i and i like the message of the song a lot or what i think is the message of the song so I gotta, I can't go as high as I would put some of the, those other songs. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna stick around the the Alley Aaron. I'm just gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna give it 3.9 Worlders. Stefan, so you weren't able to join us this week, unfortunately, due to some scheduling problems. But you you are a fundamental, important person. You are our novice bare naked ladies person on this podcast. You bring us the important information such as what does a person who does not know bare naked ladies very well think of this music tonight so what can you tell us about i can i will i do <laughs> well who's to say that i'm not sending the lyrics to ed or steve for any of these songs i'm, <laughs> I'm just letting you know it's like you don't know any of that i am a fundamental aspect of band <laughs> i'm not going to toot my own horn um they don't know it yet but <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> well i liked it it was very simple they kept it very very simple they didn't make it overly goofy uh, i really liked it um just just a simple simple melody and they kept it consistent all the way through except for the bridge i really enjoyed it so, on a rating scale of zero to five, how many do you give this song? Well, Tracy, I would give this song a solid 3.8. 3.8, okay. Nice. I like the song. I could definitely listen to the song over and over again. It was simple. It connected. It made sense. Uh, the lyrics were uh, very, very smooth. Everything blended together. It was It was real nice. I liked it. I would definitely put it on my playlist. 
Excellent. So that, that officially makes me very much the hater. <laughs> you are the hater of the week. Hater of the week. Which is a, a very odd for a Steven song. Yes, it is. <laughs> if this were a Kevin song, it would fit perfectly. That would, that would be totally the right spot. <laughs> so, and, and as I said before, Kevin's, Kevin will uh, probably at some point agree to come on this show. Oh, please, please, please. So long as I'm not there. <laughs> I will host that week. Or Aaron. That's <laughs> <laughs> now, the great thing about you running the rankings is you get to throw it back to me for the next piece. Aaron, what is the appearance of the week? <laughs> Aaron? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One job. I'd like. I'd like to tell you, Jeff, but uh, I'm going to throw this over to Tracy. (laughs) We can either edit that out, or no, let's keep it in. We can just say I was practicing for the Kevin episode, (laughs) where you won't be there, Tracy. That's right. What is the appearance of the week? So, uh, I have a couple different links that I'm going to throw in this week. One is the Wurlitzer Organ video. I do recommend people go out there and listen to it. It's really cool. You get to hear all the different sounds that are made up of the Wurlitzer Organ. You get to watch someone playing it that is a professional doing so. Um, Very much like Kevin. Kevin does an amazing job with playing it in this song. I just don't like the... the, uh, sounds that he chose out of the options he had. Um... So Ed has an amazing guitar in this song. I don't think we hear it enough, but there's a guy called the hypo that is out there that actually teaches people how to play the guitar rift from this song, actually the whole entire song and listening to just the guitar is amazing. Ed's guitar on the song is spectacular. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put that in there, but that's not a BNL reference. That's not a BNL appearance. Um, so I have to put one in there. There was an interview with the CBC, the hour TV show that happened around our men. And that's this week's interview. I'm going to put out, out there, uh, go out there, listen to it. It's an amazing interview. You get to hear some background on this album, um, which there's very few interviews around this album. So I recommend to go out and listen to that. And now I'm going to throw it over to Allie because Allie, I want to know, I want people to know where they can hear more of you or find more of your stuff. Well, if they would like to find me, I do exist on the internet. So they can find me at Twitter, uh, pop underscore anthro. Uh, they also can find me as the pop culture anthropologist on YouTube. I have right now a couple lyric videos up. Um, one is Stephen approved. He he liked it on YouTube, so you know you want to come watch it. And you also could come hang out on the official Stephen Page Discord with me and about three hundred and ninety eight other people. And if you would do me the, the wonderful favor, will you send me those links so I can make sure I put them in this week's liner notes? Absolutely. All right. Allie, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you, thank so, you so much, much for Allie. having me. It's, yeah, it it's been nice wonderful. A lot of fun. It's good to meet you guys. Please come back for another song in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, All right, guys. I need to let you go. I have to call Hulu and order it. Uh, but I, you see, I had Spectrum, but I canceled it, so I don't get it anymore. <laughs>
so come back next week when that's the song that we are talking about. Not Spectrum, but I don't get it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except me.